And I feel like it absolutely like challenged a lot of kids. Like that was one of the biggest things that I focused on is I wanted to make it like 15 to 20 minutes, I think was my goal. And mm-hmm. I, I really focused on that and tried to make the game like just hard enough so that like the kids were like smart, like would be able to like, you know, still be challenged a little bit. Right. Like, not too crazy hard. We're like, it would take like the whole class period and not everybody would be able to solve it. Something that I really focused on a lot. Welcome to episode seven of Teacher Prep Rally, a show that highlights success in the classroom and reminds you that you are part of a team of educators finding new and better ways to help today's kids learn and achieve great things. I'm your host, Sarah Warren. I'm the learning coach for Windsor Middle School here in Windsor, Colorado. In this episode, I interview eighth grade science teacher Steve Giuliani and Windsor Middle School eighth grader Hayden. They tell us how Hayden built a breakout EDU game for Steve's classes, his eighth grade science classes, to practice dimensional analysis. If you've never heard of a breakout game, it's a way to turn your classroom into a mini escape room game with a series of puzzles to complete. As students solve puzzles, they unlock more boxes and find more clues to get to their ultimate goal. Instead of breaking out, though, they're trying to break into the final large box to win the game. These are two of my favorite people who never forget to have fun while they are learning, and they both can make me laugh with just a look. So you may hear me giggle more than usual in this podcast. Um, I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And they also agreed to stick around and answer my questionnaire. And of course, they had some pretty interesting answers um, for any of you who know Mr. Giuliani or Hayden. Um, Stay tuned after the interview for an awesome student choice resource uh, from a friend of mine, Stephanie Howell. And um, let's get started sharing. Here's Steve Giuliani or Mr. G and Hayden. Hayden, can you introduce yourself? Uh, hey, I'm Hayden. I'm an eighth grader at Windsor Middle School. I love doing stuff all around the school. You know, I love helping out teachers and I really do have a passion for learning. And this is one of the passion projects that have really taken on and I'm excited to talk about it. Cool. And Mr. Giuliani or Mr. G, as the kids call you, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Mr. G. I've been teaching at Windsor Middle School for 11 years. I've been teaching for 15 and I uh, really like the outdoors and I really like having students try out things like Hayden's done here. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, tell us a little bit about it, Hayden. Um, well, let's get right to it. You built a breakout game. Yes. Um, so tell me about the game you built and how it works. Well, it all started, right, because I've been a library aide for, like, I think I've done it, like, three different quarters. Okay. I've always had a lot of fun, but there's always been those, like, breakout boxes, like, sitting on the uh, equipment room, so I always wanted to do something with them. So I figured this year would be a perfect year to do it because we're learning about dimensional analysis, which has a lot of numbers in it. And, you know, most of the locks for the breakout game are number based. Okay. So, you know, I got to working, you know, it took me, I say like a couple of weeks, maybe like three, four weeks to like write the script, you know, come up with what I was going to do, you know, come up with like the problems I was going to use and to like code all the locks and like switch them all around and then really just start thinking about it. And so the way it worked is, well, there were two, there were two times that I worked on it because okay. we did one run of it and that went kind of well, but it didn't go as well as we thought it should have. So we went and I spent another week, you know, revising it, you know, fixing up a little, fixing out the kinks. Okay. And so for then, people who don't know what a breakout game is, yeah. so what, what did it look like for the students when they, who weren't you, when they walked into class, what happened? Well, I walked into class, right, I was in the back room doing a little bit, finishing touches, but so, you know, we announced it, and so they had to split, well, 
we already had the teams figured out. So they got into their teams and then they had one clue and they just had to read the clue and just get started. And I really didn't give them like any hints. They just had to read the clue. But I did one of the greatest ideas that I think really, really helped was on the second go around, I gave them two hint cards. Uh-huh. They could use it any time. So each team got two hint cards. So it was really, huge. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was really interesting seeing them like argue like over what to use it on because different teams struggle with different things. Like something that might be easy for one team uh-huh. might be difficult for another team. And so uh-huh. that's why those hint cards really come in handy. One team that was amusing is they were just trying to, some student was just trying to figure out the words on, yeah. on the letter lock. And there were so many permutations and it was just... Mm-hmm. Over and over and over, and finally their teammates were like, please, can we use the hint card? <laughs> they finally were it. I remember one time I hid one of the boxes, like, inside of a boot. Uh-huh. Like, I had, like, the lock and, like, part of the box, like, sticking out of the boot. Uh-huh. And there was this one team that needed that box, and they couldn't find it for the longest time. If it was it. a rattlesnake, they would have been in trouble, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the game, the teams come in, and you had them in three uh, teams yeah, when, three once teams you worked all, it like, out. Eight people per team. So mm-hmm. the first revision, mm-hmm. what we did is, because we had three boxes, which really limited us. Mm-hmm. So on the first time that we did it, we had uh, six different teams of four. Because we were worried that if we had bigger teams, mm-hmm. that, they would, that some students would feel left out and couldn't cooperate. Mm-hmm. So we did six teams of four, right-ish, mm-hmm. four-ish. Right. And then we, like, color-coded, like, the clues. And then, like, each team was a color. And it was really confusing. And you had teams stealing other teams' clues. And... So you felt like we the the with. second time you went with the just three time, bigger teams. We did three t- bigger teams, and I'd say that maybe like once or twice there was a student that maybe wasn't doing like a whole lot or was maybe just kind of standing around. But really, I feel like the bigger teams was absolutely the way to go. Okay, um, and so they come in. There's a little announcement that the game has started and yeah. they've been challenged. You were uh, were you a secret there's service agents? There's a yeah. There's an evil spy, uh, Doctor Z, uh, who uh-huh. was creating an evil like Russian disease to okay. wipe out the world. So then I was an I was a CIA agent, and I okay. informed them that they were all agents, and they had to invade the laboratory. You know, find the clues to unlock and destroy the disease. Okay. So they they hear all this, and then they read their clue, and then you know I just said get going. Okay. And they had to. So some teams, like, they focus on, like, getting the clue done and solving the problem first. Uh-huh. And I also saw other teams would just go on and maybe try and find all the boxes that they needed first. So there were boxes hidden around the room mm-hmm. that had locks on them, yeah, and they were, had to figure out how to open boxes, all the locks. And, like, three uh-huh. the big boxes. Okay. And then when they got to the final box, they won. Yeah. Okay. They were able to unlock the final box. They were well disguised because my classroom yeah. provides lots of opportunities yes, for camouflage. <laughs> yes. Your, your classroom is um, well known for that, for having yes. lots of uh, But, of course, every that. time Hayden hit something somewhere, I was trying to yeah. use something, and then I'd find a box. <laughs> I like to keep things around at hand. And also, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I can't go in there because there's another box in there. But yeah. it was Your like, room, G, reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever seen those video games where it's like a seek and find video game, and there's just clutter oh. everywhere. Everywhere yeah. and it says find a shoe and you have to look all over and yeah. find the shoe. That's what your room reminds me of. Those Absolutely. kind of games. <laughs> and then we just added a few boxes in there and they had to find the yeah. boxes. So that was a game just in and of itself, it right? Really yeah. messed up my mojo with all those boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was using that box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you feel like it went for the kids? Who I feel like participated? A lot of kids really had fun. I had so many kids come up to me like at the end of the day, and be like, "Yo, Hayden, that was so much fun. That was awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. You know, I had a blast playing it." And I feel like it absolutely like challenged a lot of kids. Like that was one of the biggest things that I focused on is I wanted to make it like 
15 to 20 minutes, I think was my goal. And mm-hmm. I, really, I really focused on that and tried to make the game like just hard enough so that like the kids were like smart, like would be able to like, you know, still be challenged a little bit. Right. Like, not too crazy hard where like it would take like the whole class period and not everybody would be able to solve it. So right. I wanted uh-huh. everybody to complete it. But so you wanted them to, to be successful. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay. So that's something that I really focused on a lot. Um, how did you do that? How did you figure out what was too hard and what was too well, easy? Uh, first of all, I kind of had to, I think the invisible ink pen was something that was really genius. And so like, in the very first box that they unlocked, they found like a blank piece of paper that just said important on it. And I feel like writing important one, it was really important. <laughs> wow. <laughs> important was important. Important so, like, was important. You know, and so they were like, oh, what's the point of like this paper? And then they move on. And then eventually they're stuck and they've got no clues, but they have this UV pen. So then eventually, you know, the teams would go back and they'd see like they scan the important paper and there would be another hidden dimensional analysis problem. In the UV pen. So just stuff like see. that, like mm-hmm. simple stuff like that they wouldn't see coming or like hiding the boxes in sticky spots mm-hmm. or even just like the problems themselves. Like I tried to do like some challenging dimensional analysis problems that involve like, you know, some pretty big numbers and some math and stuff. So really they would have to work together to do it. Somebody couldn't just do it all on their own. Yeah. Okay. Um, Gee, what were your goals for your students with this lesson? What did you want them to get out of it? Well, the cool thing was, was that both you, Sarah, and Hayden approached me and said, hey, Gee, do you want to do this, uh, something with dimensional analysis of breakout boxes? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't really have time to do that. I was, it's like, okay, uh-huh. don't worry about it, because Hayden's Hayden's got it covered. You just, you just got to go talk to him about it, yeah. give mm-hmm. him some feedback, and help him design the lesson. I said, yes, absolutely, because Hayden's a go-getter. You can't. Oh, yeah. My brain's like a hamster. Just <laughs> like, I, oh, can, I can see the wheel in there spinning yeah. right now. And you can't go around the school without seeing him on a screen somewhere. Oh, yeah. his voice. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. So this guy's all over the place, and I think it was a great it's a great way to him, for him to showcase his talents just because he loves math. He loves puzzles yeah. and everything else. So. Absolutely. so there was, there was a piece there though. You met with him a couple of times before we actually launched the game. Yes. Um, and, we wanted to talk about, you know, what do we want the students to be able to get out of this? Um, you know, how do you want to structure it? How do we need to do the flow of the lesson? Because you can't just, you know, as a teacher, you can't just all of a sudden say, all right, hand over the keys. Right. You got to have some structure to all this. But I said, as far as the meat of the material and all the excitingness, this is all hated. So cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. I believe it really does like depend on the teacher. And it's extremely important to meet with the teacher because mm-hmm. the same breakout game isn't going to work with every teacher. Like with Mr. G, I feel like dimensional analysis were great just because of like his room had all sorts of like great hiding spots and like just like mm-hmm. in general, I feel like. And just meeting with them is super important when making the breakout game. Yeah. And just made it good for the puzzles and for the locks and mm-hmm. everything else. Like we worked on the code work. And, you know. yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is all hidden. <laughs> um, how did this relate to your other instruction on dimensional analysis? Was this kind of review after you had been doing dimensional analysis and after you had done instruction? Or was this sort of along the way? Uh, it was mostly after, and you know, I'd see this as a form of assessment, um, as a form of, I guess, informal or formal assessment. I really didn't write down who won first or anything yeah. else. But, uh, you know, we did some, a lot of examples around the recent train derailment that happened behind the school where the sand got spilled out. And so we did a lot of 
work with dimensional analysis, which I call a train track. So it's always fun that <laughs> there was an actual <laughs> accident on the train tracks. Right. And we had to figure out how many tons of sand had spilled on the tracks. And maybe if the train was overweight or going too fast. And it was just, like I said, this is a great way for students to apply their, apply their knowledge and to do it under in, almost in a pressure situation, almost like if mm -hmm. it was a problem solving, like you had a, an accident or a scenario where you had to come up with an answer quickly. I think it, it provided a sense of relevance and urgency to it that I probably wouldn't do myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm my, I myself, I'm an extremely competitive person, you know, but I, you know, I know some people really did enjoy the competition and I did see some teams who like really, really wanted to get first, even if there was no prize, like. Or even if, if they didn't get the answer, right? Yeah. They just want to break the code. They or, just want to just randomly guess, or you know. chew their way through the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Hayden, what have you learned from doing this project? What I've learned from doing this is that you know, sometimes you don't get around the first time. I mean, when I did that first breakout game, you know, I was expecting it to, you know, not go that well, but it, you know, it really, it was kind of like pretty rough for them. It was really confusing. You know, a lot of students like couldn't find the right box and teams were stealing each other's clues. But then I went back and I revised it for a week. And then really, I think a lot of students really fell in love with it and had just an awesome time doing it. So I guess that's probably the biggest lesson that I learned is that sometimes you really do just need to take a step back, you know, think like, how can I problem solve this? You know, how can I improve this? And what did I do wrong? And what's I, great about that is that's what teachers do in a real lesson is mm -hmm. because they'll teach a lesson and then if it goes poorly, they'll they'll have to rework it in their mind or if the students aren't learning right or if it's just the difference between first hour and fourth hour, you know, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. what works about this? What doesn't? So I think you had a great experience just Absolutely. figuring out yeah, that no. process of delivering the right mm -hmm. material on I really like how you guys set it up too, where you kind of had a pilot class. You did oh, it, absolutely. you did it once, and we and G said we'll see how this one goes, and then gave you some time to go back and rework it, mm -hmm. and then really launch it with all the rest of his classes. I think that is really neat, and that's something we don't often give kids a chance to do. It's kind of like, okay, your yeah. day to present is Friday. Better be yeah. ready to go, right? <laughs> and um, so I, I really appreciate that you gave him the chance to really iterate there and and make it as good as it could be. And realistically, on a logistical level, to do something as quality as this and to reset it mm -hmm. before the next hour. Yeah. Is, you know, you're 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 running all the way through and everybody's excited and you've got to, re, it's like resetting a mousetrap, except there's <laughs> 12 different parts of the mousetrap and there's five mousetraps and you can't get it all set up again. So oh, I just had a flashback to a board game I had when I was a kid called Mousetrap, and it oh, yeah. took it took fifteen oh. minutes to set oh, the whole thing up. Exactly oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, I love that game. I think my parents hated it, but <laughs> I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> um, so, what um, advice would you have for a teacher or a um, well, let's start with teacher. For a teacher who wanted to have their students build a breakout game. Well, I, I think let them know that the stuff is there mm -hmm. and, you know, give them some guidance. But honestly, Hayden just ran with this. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that was the most important part. And just to, just to check in with them every now and then and get what you want um, for them to teach. But more, it's about what they want to teach mm -hmm. and what they feel is relevant as well, mm -hmm. because they're the ones with the real buy-in. Yeah. 
I pretty much like 100% agree. Like communication is extremely important between the teachers. So, you mm -hmm. know, we would meet like every once in a while to communicate and like fix some things that he wanted and like that sort of thing. But also I really did have a, I had a blast, you know, mm -hmm. just going around and it was a really great learning experience for me personally, just like being able to do this project on my own and learn from my mistakes. And mm -hmm. so I feel like it's important to like let the teach to let the student, I mean, obviously it's going to vary on the students. I mean, right. some students say that, you know, might need a little bit more help from the teacher. Mm -hmm. and, like, because I know some people aren't as outgoing or as just like go, go, go as I am. Everybody's not as outgoing as you, Hayden. Well, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. I just provided some tweaks and advice, but this mm -hmm. was Hayden's baby, so. Um, what advice would you have for a student who wanted to do the same thing or a group of students? Say a teacher hears this podcast and they decide they want to let a group of students create a breakout game. What advice would you give those students? I mean, absolutely, probably just the same thing that we've been saying, mm -hmm. you know, just go nuts with it. I mean, really just have as much fun as you can. You know, if you have an idea, just go for it. I mean, mm -hmm. this was something that I really did have a lot of fun doing and yeah. put a lot of effort into it. And I think it totally paid off. I really yeah. did. Especially at the end. That was one of the best parts is when like students came up to me like in the hallway or like after school and were like, wow, Hayden, that was awesome. You know, cool. that feeling was great. So I feel like just go nuts with it, you know? Yeah. I I would say the other thing that I saw you do when you were working on it in the library is not only did you test it out with a class, but you tested out with Miss Moon, you tested yeah. out with me, you tested it out with Noah, who you were working with in the library. Like you tried out the different locks and the different puzzles a lot of different ways and got a lot of feedback and and really looked at the feedback you got and adjusted. So I think that was a really good strategy that I would recommend to people too. Yeah. Beginning to end. Mm -hmm. That's you, you started it, you worked through it, and you, and you finished wrong. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. man. Great yeah. Job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right. I like I'm just like one in the Olympic gold medal. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming yeah, in. Thanks for having me. You know, <laughs> I had a blast. Thank you guys. All right, so now we're into the next part of the podcast. This is the questionnaire. Um, I like to ask all my guests these questions if they're up for it, and these guys are up for anything always. Um, so, yeah. hey, bring it here, on. Uh, here we go. I'm maybe I, I, I just looked at the glint in Hayden's eye, and I'm a little scared to ask this, but um, Hayden, what tech tip, tool, or shortcut could you not live without? It sounds really simple, but honestly, Control Shift QQ, like that's like a thing you can press on, like. Macs or Chromebooks or whatever, just like sign out really quickly. Mm -hmm. It's such a simple one, like literally everybody knows it, but oh my gosh, it helps so much just to sign out so fast and just really just saves time in general. Like everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody knows it, but... Yeah, well, I mean, you might not need that so much now that you have your own Chromebook to carry around, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> you sign out and then you're like, oh, I have to sign in again oh, when you get yeah. to your next class. <laughs> no, so much. I'm like, all right, control shift QQ. Wow, how convenient is that? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. How about you, G? Well, boy, you're going to get a more random answer than you were hoping for. This <laughs> because um, as far as professionally, what do I work with uh, professionally? Uh, Google Classroom, I've, I've come to be where I can't uh, function without it. Mm -hmm. Just because it's such a nice uh, way to deliver material to students mm -hmm. and help them uh, go where to be focused and not have to uh, punch in URLs and things like that so they can actually get to where we need to go to uh, talk about relevant topics. And then I saw the tool part of this and I and said, personally, and I really can't live without a good spatula. <laughs> um, 
and I have a spatula from probably the 70s. I have a uh -huh. couple of them. Uh -huh. And uh, it has to be strong enough. And they keep, they keep making new ones that they say are as good as, like, the old Echoes from the 70s, but I'm sorry. A uh, good spatula with a really messed up, brown, melty handle. <laughs> and a refrigerator. So I'm guessing you do the cooking in your house, a lot of it, or should I be scared what else you use the spatula for? <laughs> Just the cooking, and sometimes okay. uh, on a lucky day, it might be in my classroom. Uh, okay. That would be lucky. I <laughs> Um, how about inspiration is the next question. Hayden, what are you watching, listening to, or reading that's inspiring you? Uh, well, obviously, you know, I'm on the internet a lot. So uh, something that inspires me to just learn more in general is probably I watch a lot of, like, video essays on YouTube. Like, not really documentaries mm -hmm. that are, like, professionally made. Just, like, uh, they call them, like, video essays. That's, uh -huh. like, when, like, just a specific person, like, makes, like, a Is there one long, in like, particular that that rang a bell uh, for you? I'm trying to think of one that I've listened to recently. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to them all the time. I love video essays. Uh, there was one on this, like, arcade cabinet called, like, Polybius. Okay. It was, like, supposedly, like, could, like, mind control, like, people. And there was, like, all this, like, conspiracy theories around it, like, the CIA and stuff. And, like, that one was really interesting. And, like, I think, like, a documentary, but, like, more personal. Because, like, mm. you know, I watch these, like, YouTubers in general. And so it's not produced. It's more it's personal. Really produced, it's more uh -huh. personal. And I use that a lot to, like, learn about whatever crazy topics, you know. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And how about, kids. <laughs> how about you, G? Oh, I hate to say it. I read this magazine called The Week, and it has a good uh, science section because it comes through all these uh, great periodicals, whether it be The Economist or newspapers or anything else, and they have a great science section. And I'm learning about all these cutting-edge science things in about a paragraph, and then I can use it to further uh, research on my own and or using the classroom, but it's very up-to-date, and it's all filtered, so it's right there for me to check and then research on my own. It's, it's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, I like that, keeping current in science. It's hard to do these days, for sure. Um, how about change the change question? What would you change about public education if you could? So this is a, like, extremely, like, personal and important thing to me is – Mental health, I think, is extremely, extremely important to me because I have such a healthy mental health. I am probably, like, the happiest person <laughs> I know. I'm, like, I'm always just living life to the fullest. And uh -huh. I know, like, especially, like, modern day, like, mental health is, like, the worst it has ever been, especially mm. in schools with, like, all the stress and homework and stuff. So I feel like if there's anything I would change about the school system, it would be, like, making, like, mental health, like, tests or maybe even, like, offering like uh therapy or something like that or like a psychologist like at the school so you think, think that we really need to address that in the schools i think like mental health is so important it helps with grades it helps with just like being happy with yourself self-confidence mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. that stuff is so so important it's extremely important to me you know i am extremely like outgoing you know i love life i love being happy and mm -hmm. i'm always trying to just live in the moment and so but you think the struggle's real for a lot of kids i know i see other kids really really struggling and i feel bad for them so i that's something extremely important to me. Cool. Uh, I'm going to say camping. I think, camping, I think <laughs> we camp should camp in school or I camp think, out of I school. I think we should camp. I think we should have an outdoor curriculum. And I think it would build confidence and also improve mental health because what's not unless you're scared of spiders or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> this is the way to conquer your fears. But what's what's better than being outdoors and actually applying physics and or biology and or any kind of science or math and just being outdoors, a lot of fresh air and sunshine. 
I think that'd be awesome. I love camping. I go camping all the time. I mm. feel like you get a little taste of that, like when you go to the YMCA in sixth grade. But like, other yeah, that's kind of it. I would love to go camping. You know, it would be, be awesome. cool. That would be really cool. Let's I, do it. All right, <laughs> new new class by Hayden and G. <laughs> Very cool. Well, in thank you guys world. so much for coming in. I really appreciate both of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. This is a lot less scary than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Good. Not as scary as spiders. I like spiders. Uh, <laughs> I figured. Check it out. In today's Check It Out, I want to tell you about a great resource from Stephanie Howell. Stephanie is an instructional technology coordinator for middle schools in Pickerington Schools in Ohio. And she's created and shared a Would You Rather choice board with lots of great ideas. I'll try to describe it for you. It's actually a Google slide deck. To start with, there are a few examples of topic slides, simple white slides with this week's topic or today's topic clearly and boldly written across the slide. For example, and you can change it to whatever you want, but some examples she gives are subtracting fractions with uncommon denominators or states of matter. Uh, Mr. G could use dimensional analysis, right? Uh, then there are lots of different slides, all with the same bold pink and green would you rather graphic. Um, you can pick and choose as a teacher which slides you want to offer your kids. Um, each slide offers a different set of would you rather options. Would you rather create a screencast or create an infographic? Would you rather create a song to explain the topic or create a skit to explain the topic? Would you rather create your own breakout game or create your own Quizlet game? Um, so there's a whole bunch of different options and ideas. Students and student groups would then look at the choice, choose their option, and work over the course of a day or maybe a little bit each day for a week to create a product that shows their learning. Uh, just a note, if you use this, be sure to vet any websites or tools and get parental consent if necessary. Um, but you could easily pick and choose from this list or even make your own choices. Stephanie's linked a lot of examples and mentor texts in the slide notes, um, and you could feel free to add your own as well. Um, I'll share a link to her blog post that includes a video of how to use this and lots of examples on the show notes. Um, don't forget, though, when you're making a copy of the slideshow, um, click File, Make a Copy. Don't request access. Um, you can also follow Stephanie if you want to see more of what she does and what she shares at Mrs. Howell 24. Hope you enjoy it. Well, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in to Teacher Prep Rally. I really enjoyed talking with Hayden and Mr. G about their collaboration. It was pretty cool to see an eighth grader take the lead with such a supportive teacher who really gave him the feedback and the freedom to iterate until he came up with something really cool for all of the rest of his students. A quick comment about my show notes. Uh, this has been the hardest part for me in starting a new podcast, and it's been a steep learning curve. I've decided to try moving my show notes over to a Google site. Uh, you should be able to find them um, at least the show notes for this podcast at bit.ly slash teacher prep rally. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash teacher prep rally, all lowercase. Um, hopefully by the first of the year, I'll have all my show notes moved over to this new platform. Uh, remember, you can share your ideas, comments, or reactions on Twitter with the hashtag teacher prep rally or tag me at wizard warren. I'd really love to hear your feedback and any ideas you have for the show. 
Tune in next time to hear more interviews and inspiration on Teacher Prep Rally. The next episode will be after the winter break.